0: Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hello, and welcome back to Believe in FSU Football. This is your host, Robbie Bagnardi. This is the much, much dreaded and very painful Jacksonville State recap um before I get into anything just still kind of in shock and disbelief I I can't believe that that happened that the game ended that way just and apart from even the ending and and that play Jacksonville State should have really never been in the game to begin with you know we should not be playing with teams like that we should be dominating FCS schools and we just we lacked energy. We didn't didn't carry over any momentum. A lot of different things that did not go correctly. Um, and with that said, jump right into the first segment. What went wrong? And it was much more substantial than what went right in this game. So for starters, like I said, we lacked energy. Uh, no momentum. We didn't carry any momentum over from the Notre Dame game, and we never really got any momentum going at any point during the game, just aside from really the the fumble recovery and going down and scoring there. That was kind of the only momentum that we had, and we weren't really able to keep it. You know, We let Jacksonville State kind of hang around the entire game, and we're never able to pull away. We're never able to get any momentum. We're never able to really consistently move the football every time out and we allowed Jacksonville State to move the football here and there and just never built up any any momentum for ourselves. So that was kind of frustrating to watch um, against an FCS school and just being sloppy. You know, we were really sloppy all day long. A lot of penalties. Uh, 11 penalties for 114 yards. That's way too many. That's way too many against anybody. It's way too many, especially against an FCS school. There's no excuse for us to be that sloppy and that undisciplined. And really that comes down to the players because, you know, coaches can't play for players. Players have to execute on their own. So that just uh, really throws a wrench into things to begin with. Um, It's not the end of the world, though. You know, we're going to win football games. From here on out. Um, not saying we're gonna win the next ten or anything, but that's you know, we're gonna win a football game or two or a few the rest of the way. No need to fold the program up or call it quits or anything. we still got uh still got football to play. Still got a team capable of winning games. Um but just Jacksonville State should never been in that position to begin with, you know. We we have to execute, and it's on the players to execute. Coaches can only do so much, and you know, there's still game plan and coaching things that people are going to have questions about. Obviously, the play at the end of the game, everybody wants to know why we weren't in prevent. You know, that's the that's, that's the big thing. Oh, we were in prevent. That was such a horrible play. I mean, not really. When you look at what happened, it wasn't a hail mary. You know, every time you see, you know, the Sports Center alerts and the, if you lose on a Hail Mary to Jacksonville State, it wasn't a Hail Mary. They had one guy run deep. One guy ran deep. It was very similar play to the one that they had ran before where the quarterback, threw, their Cooper, threw an incomplete pass. And Damon Phillion Johnson came up open on the same fly route up top and Cooper never saw him. They ran the play again. He saw him, he hit him. And then, you know, we have two guys there and neither of them can make a tackle. Our best corner gets burned on a fly route, on a go route at the end of the game. And then you've got him and a deep safety. Nobody can make the tackle. It shouldn't matter whether or not we were in prevent. We had numbers. We had two guys to one, and we couldn't make the play. So, you know, good job by Jacksonville State hanging in the game. Derek Cooper making the throw. There's another Jacksonville State receiver that came down and blocked at the end of that play so that – Johnson was actually able to score for them. But again, just things that we should never allow happen. This is Florida State. We don't lose to FCS schools. We were 26-0 prior to that. So just things of that nature. We were so concerned with not allowing them to tie. And when they asked Norvell after, you know, he said that they still had a timeout, so they weren't really expecting them to throw it deep. And that is kind of the way Jacksonville played it. He didn't necessarily game plan it wrong. Uh, There was just a deep route that came open and the quarterback hit him and nobody made a tackle and it ran out the time on the clock because the play took, you know, eight to ten seconds or six left. So I think people are probably overreacting to how we called that and how the coaching staff handled that play a little bit. And at the end of the day, it's on players to execute. It's not like there were three guys and the ball just got thrown up and, you know, somebody came down with a catch. One guy ran a fly route, beat the corner, caught the ball, and then, you know, made a move, be the safety of the end zone. So there's not much you can really do about that as a coach. You can't cover for guys. You can't make the tackle for guys. So I think people overreacted and, and kind of mislabeled it a Hail Mary because of the way that it happened. That's not really what the game situation does. We just got so concerned about not allowing them to tie the game that we lost it, and I think that's where, you know, everybody's just completely dumbfounded. So moving on from that play and and the loss itself, um... As far as the rest of the game goes. And again, I mentioned that we need to pull away. We need to play better. Passing game's got to be better. 18 for 34 for 133 yards. The interception is not good enough. Just really inefficient. Um, Pretty much only a, a short passing game. We had a couple deep throws, but not a ton. There were some passes that were of more length that were dropped. You know, the Keyshawn Helton one, um, Jordan Wilson over the middle. Those would have been big chunk yardage plays. So that stuff hurts. But I think it was three point nine yards per attempt is not enough. You know, throwing the I mean, that's basically a run play, throwing the ball within four yards of the line of scrimmage. We've got to do a better job of stretching the field and using, you know, the whole field. We shouldn't completely rely on our receivers to make all their receiving yardage and yard after catch. We've got to do a better job of, of running more complete route trees and getting guys open over the middle of the field and taking advantage of spot, spot soft spots in the defense. We have capable receivers. It's It's time to let them work, you know, Andrew Parchment had seven hundred plus yards in his last year at Kansas. That's Power Five football. The dude can produce at this level, but we need our quarterbacks to be able to get the ball there and the offensive line to hold up in protection. And I think those are really the biggest questions. The offensive line has looked somewhat better, closer to adequate, and less to you know five human turnstiles. So that's better, but still. Still, some strides to make in that area. Um, have to clean up the drops. Like I mentioned, um, Wilson and Helton got to clean up the drops. Got it. We can't be giving away big play opportunities, good teams don't do that. And all night, it kind of felt like we were playing to Jacksonville State's level. Like I mentioned earlier, we lacked that energy, and it really Jacksonville state came to play they came to you know play and they wanted to win that game and you probably argued that they wanted it more than we did and so when you have things like that it's a bit of an issue we came to play against Notre Dame and we've shown so far that we've kind of played to the level of our opponents as to playing the best football that we can So I think that's going to be something that we have to develop going forward. What is this team's identity on offense and defense, and how are we going to carry that out? How good is this football team? Because I don't think we really know yet. Jacksonville State loss is a little misleading because we're a better team than them. We have more talent than them. And Notre Dame, you know, we lose by three points, no T, which is very much a game that we could have won. And then Notre Dame goes and edges out Toledo at home. Week two, so that's, you know, how good is Notre Dame? They might have been a little misleading. So, watching those storylines as we go throughout the season, Just, just so many things. It was just, it was a really frustrating game to watch all the way through. Just didn't play like we were capable of, never pulled away, never. Made big plays, never really shifted the momentum. Just not how Florida State should play against an, F- an FCS school. Even a good one like Jacksonville State, we'd, we've got to be better. Bottom line, got to be better. Um, Moving on to defense, I think we need to be more disciplined to man coverage. We still played relatively well against the run. Uh, 2.8 yards per carry, but they did rush for 202 yards. but. Based on the yards per carry and the amount of attempts, I think that we did better than the 202 rush yards would indicate. But still, Jacksonville State was able to move the football up and down the field with way too much ease. Um, you got to think about they scored the 20 points, would have been 21, had they needed to kick the extra, uh, extra point, most likely. Then they had scored... Or no, they're driving the score, sorry. They're driving the score and Sidney Williams forced a fumble. That turned into a touchdown for us. You know, that's a ten to fourteen point swing. And we're not even really talking about that because FSU t- forced a turnover there. Which, you know, that's a good hit, good tackle by Derek McClendon to force that. Um, I think we need to be more disciplined to man coverage. Our pass game is is definitely our weak point on offense and our past defense seems to be our weak point on defense. So we need to really establish an identity as a running football team and a team who stops the run, but we're going to have to get better at stopping the pass if we want to win football games this year. And it kind of looks like we have too many safeties and not enough corners, not enough guys who are going to match up in man to man or really take receivers away. Mostly seems like we have guys who can be physical and make tackles and make some plays, but, Where are the corners? Where are the lockdown guys that really, you know, can stay step for step? I thought Jarvis Brownlee was going to be that guy. He didn't play as well as I expected him to this past week. Um, And he was actually the one who got beat deep by Philion Johnson for that touchdown. Um, Just. I don't. It's so frustrating. So frustrating to watch that game. And I keep going back to that because that's just the emotion that I get when I think about it. Um, Frustrating off the watch, the offense and the defense, um, not really being able to move the ball through the air much. Uh, We need to get our playmakers in space, you know, drags, rubs, slants, whatever it takes to get guys some space to operate and put the football in their hands. You know, but the passing game being inefficient, and not being able to move the ball downfield uh, and not getting chunk yardage plays is, is really frustrating to watch. No, we lost the time of possession battle by about five minutes. We were 5 for 14 on third down. We were 0 for 2 on fourth down, so we, we got to be better on the money downs. we got to be able to convert when the spots are big, um, especially the fourth and goal. Still not quite sure how that ball and Malik McLean wasn't a catch. I don't know why we didn't go to that play earlier in that series, why we waited until fourth down to throw a fade. Not a big fan of throwing fades on fourth down just because it's not the most reliable play, especially if you don't have a proven weapon in doing it. As much as I like Malik McLean, the dude's still a freshman. So I don't know if I'm going to him in that position. I think there's probably better plays from the three-yard line in our playbook because that's essentially where the two-point conversions are so interesting to see if if we get that opportunity again later in the year for maybe a little more creative moving on from the plethora of things that went wrong we'll go into what went well uh the rushing attack is legit um they looked good again over 200 yards 5.5 yards per carry um we just need to ride Corbin and Ward. You know, Deshaun Corbin looks like he's gonna be one of the better running backs in the country this year. Gone over a hundred yards in both games. Our rushing attack looks legit. Offensive line looks like it can do enough to open up holes and create lanes in the running game. Um, Corbin really just he hits that hole hard. And great acceleration with the ball. Good vision. Um, and good top-end speed as well. We saw the, kind of, that against Notre Dame. And then Trayshawn Ward, a smaller guy, but really, really good at finding holes, good vision, very good change of direction, does a good job just finding a place to run and getting extra yards, and he's tough as well. He bounces off a of tackle. He doesn't go down easy. You know, those are things that you like to see from your running back room. <clears throat> so a lot of confidence in our run game, and I think that's just that's what we need to ride for the rest of the year. And then on defense, pass rush and run defense. I already talked about the run defense and the 2.8 yards per carry for Jacksonville State. Um, Pass rush was a lot better. Jermaine Johnson had two and a half sacks. He's been absolutely unreal so far. Dude looks like a first-round draft pick, just everything that you want in defensive end. He was great against Jacksonville State. 11 total tackles, one tackle for loss, two and a half sacks. Um, And tackle for loss, I believe, was the one. He pretty much single handedly He had a third down stop. It was a run play, and he pushes the offensive tackle into the play and closes the initial gap, and then spins back outside and beats the tackle outside to make the tackle on the running back to stop him. That was just that's an elite level play. You know we haven't had defensive ends making plays like that. Even Brian Burns, who was more of a speed rusher, wasn't doing stuff like that. That's the best pass rusher we've had in a few years. Derek McClendon also thought played well. He had a forced fumble, a tackle for loss, a half a sack, and a QB hit. It's a guy that I talked about previously that I really like. He has good speed around the edge, so look for him to see maybe an uptick in pass rush snaps and just snaps in general, especially if he's going to play well against a run and forced fumbles. Um, Special teams is a lot better. Ryan Fitzgerald had the 53-yard field goal. Master mono averaged 45.2 yards per punt. Obviously, don't want to harp on special teams when talking about playing FCS schools, but that's an area that's pro- improved under Coach Norvell. Uh, Keyshawn Helton also had the 30-plus yard punt return. Just uh, small things like that. You can see the team making strides in some areas. Um Be nice if it would carry over to both sides of the ball. But, you know, special teams is an important aspect, an important phase of the game. So the fact that we're a better unit there is definitely not a bad thing. Uh, Defense was, was physical and fast again. Like I said, they did well in the run game, but just miscues or laps of whatever in pass coverage is not something that we can continue to do and expect to win football games. We just give up way too many pass yards. So it'll be interesting to see how our secondary fares the rest of the year. Um, some of the receivers stepped up a little bit. Andrew Parchman had three catches, 29 yards. Darian Williamson had three catches for 32 yards, and all 32 of those yards were yards after catch. So getting the ball to him and allowing him to make some magic with the ball in his hands, um, like to see that. Be interesting to see if we maybe run three receiver sets that have like Parchment, McLean, and Williamson. So, those are all big, long, athletic guys. So that'd be an interesting look to give the defense. Um, like I said, defense was fast and physical, but way too many mistakes, missed assignments, penalties, especially. The Kalen Deloach, who Deloach played well. Against Notre Dame and played well for most of the game against Jacksonville State. But he had that big targeting penalty that um, nixed a third down stop and also got him ejected for the rest of the game and then for the first half of the Wake Forest game. So that's a big loss. He was active again. Him and Amari Gaynor both looked good. Um, Steven Dix looked pretty good as well after he came in for DeLoach. So got some depth the linebacker spot. I. I don't think the staff's going to allow these types of things to continue. You're probably going to see, you know, personnel changes or whatever, what have you. But I don't think you're going to see that type of football continue for Florida State. You know, Coach Norvell, I very much still believe in, is far too meticulous and detail-oriented. And too discipline on the football field is too important to him to allow things like this to continue. So I wouldn't ex- wouldn't be surprised at all to expect more personnel changes, see some new faces, younger guys, um, see if they can get different people in there and, and different results. It's really only up from here. You know, that's it's as bad as it gets, losing the FCS teams. Like I said, it's not the end of the world, but we can only get better from here. If we even if we lose every other game this year, we're only losing the teams that are at least in the FBS. But I don't think that happens. We'll win a few games. I think we'll be all right. Um, like I said, earlier offensive line play has improved, and that's, you know, definitely a bonus for the rest of the year, especially as that unit continues to build. I think the one one spot on this team that really interests me the most is the defensive back room. You know, how are we going to do in pass coverage for the rest of the year? Are we going to change concepts at all? Are we going to do something different? Just those guys have not stepped up to the level of play that I have expected so far. So, it'll be interesting to see how they adjust and how they play for the rest of the year. But Getting the uh, tight end receivers more involved in the pass game was good. We'd like to see that. Tight ends as a group had uh, six catches for a touchdown. Touchdown went to Wyatt Rector. Cam McDonald got in- involved for a couple touch t- uh, touches. Sorry, uh, Jordan Wilson had a couple catches as well, but he also had that big drop. So give and take there. Um, with all that said, as far as moving on and what we have the rest of the season, Looking forward to this Saturday uh, conference play starts. We're at Wake Forest. Uh, we'll have a preview of that for the next podcast. Um, wouldn't be surprised if we see two quarterbacks moving forward. I just I think Jordan Travis is way too good of a playmaker. He's way too good with the football in his hands to not have in the game. He has great change of direction and vision with the as a runner with the football. So I, I think we see some type of packages and, and some type of involvement for him in the game plan. I think Milton's probably our starter still moving forward. Obviously, um, overestimated the talent and the potential of this team, it seems like. I thought we were going to dominate Jacksonville State, and I was very much wrong about that. So need to take a step back and reevaluate myself about where this uh, football team is and trying to get a better feel for what we have on our roster and what we're going to have going forward. Um, Bowl game seems like much more of a question. Six wins seems a hell of a lot harder to get to now. So those are things that before the season looked like they were going to be very much possibilities, but now we're up in the air. Um, Everybody's worried about recruiting and and, and guys leaving, but it looks like a lot of the guys that we have committed are locked in and probably are not going to go anywhere. And more so than it is, we're going to lose players that will probably be that we will miss out on guys that we thought we had a shot at had we had a good season or put a better product on the field. So we may have to turn to other alternatives or look at other players, you know, missing out on bigger targets. And we just we really need to establish an identity moving forward or, you know, and it looks like it's going to be in the run game. We're going to stop the run and we're going to run the football if we can establish our identity and hang our hat on both sides of the ball on that, then that's you know definitely building blocks to move forward from. Um, <clears throat> Wake Forest looks like a must win right now. Starting zero and two, we haven't played a conference game yet, but at Wake Forest looks like a must win. Just you don't want to start zero and three. Um, if you, you win this Wake Forest game, it gives you a chance to have Louisville at home the following week and get back to 500, but we, we're we going to have to be better. This team is better than the product that we saw on the field against Jacksonville State, and we know that. We have more talent than what we played like. We were sloppy, We were undisciplined. Just It was not a good game all around. We are better than that. This is a team capable of winning football games. The next two weeks against Wake Forest and Louisville, we very much are capable of beating those teams. But it'll be interesting to see how we play and who plays as well. It'll be interesting and just to see the strategy that uh, coaching staff goes with from there. Discipline and limiting penalties are the big ones. You know, I talked about penalties after the Notre Dame game, and they got worse against Jacksonville State. We can't be that sloppy and undisciplined and, and expect to win football games against good teams. But this isn't the end of the world. Team's going to recover. Program's going to recover. Um, just all the all that hope and all that reassuredness about the program moving forward after week one kind of went up in smoke, all in one play, more or less. So that was really uh, demoralizing as an FSU fan. That one really hurt, but... It's not the end of the world. Don't overreact. Don't give up on this team. Don't give up on this program. It's going to be okay. We're going to win football games again. Just uh bump in the road that we that we didn't quite expect. You know, bad loss and we need to be better and that's that's the bottom line. It was not good and this team needs to be better than that because they are better than that. They are capable of being better than that, so they need to they need to play better than that. Like I had said earlier in the episode, they kind of play to the level of their opponent, so it'll be interesting to see how they uh, come out and fare against uh, Wake Forest. With that said, I did not enjoy doing the recap of this game. I'm still avoiding watching that play again. I watched it when it happened, and I watched the replays right after, and watched a couple other times, but just... Every time, like sports center and social media, I've just been avoiding it. I don't want to see it again. It just, it hurts too much. I haven't, the wound is still fresh. It probably will be for a couple more weeks before I can go watch it again. Just, that one hurt. It really hurt. Just shock, awe, disbelief, disappointment. Anger's not really there. Just, it was almost like confusion. I just I couldn't believe that it happened. You know, the guy catches the ball. Once he catches it, I'm like, okay, that's not good and then Brownlee doesn't make the tackle and he keeps running away and then Jacksonville State receiver comes and makes a block and you know, the guy crosses the end zone and I look at the clock and it's zero. And I'm looking for a flag, you know, so many so many times all game long there were flags. I'm looking for a flag, only for a flag and there isn't one. I'm like, Oh my God, we really just lost that game. That That just happened. I'm sure that just about every other FSU fan felt exactly the same way. But we just need to rebound, regroup, show the rest of the world that we're not that bad of a team. We can win football games this year, and hopefully it'll start on the road at Wake Forest. And I will have a preview episode of the Wake Forest game coming for you before the end of the week. And with that said, thank you very much for listening. This has been Robbie Bagnardi with Believe in FSU Football. Peace out and go, Knowles.